Good day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and Bible covenants for the second time. Paul writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 to 8. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter but of the spirit. For the letter kills but the spirit gives life. Now if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory, so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Following on from the Edenic, Adamic, Noahic and Abrahamic covenants comes the covenant given to Moses. But before we continue our journey in Old Testament covenants, first an explanation regarding some nuances about them. Covenants were common in all kinds of life, both secular and religious, and were not just between God and humanity. For instance, where a powerful nation had taken over a weaker nation, a covenant was in place to give benefits from the powerful nation to the weaker nation, such as protection and as well as sanctions if the weaker nation somehow rebelled. There were covenants between equal partners in deals, similar to contracts of law today, and the covenants of the Old Testament had several things about them regarding the relationship between God and humanity. Firstly, God had always taken the initiative, sometimes by surprise, as in with Abraham, or in Noah's case, through his obedience. Secondly, God has promised certain commitments and has given his solemn promise to fulfill his end of the bargain. Thirdly, God waited for a response from humanity. God does not coerce or force, but waits for humanity to take the responsibility of replying and acquiescing to God's covenantal promises. So firstly, Today's one is going to be, as we said, the Mosaic Covenant, and this is found in Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 to 8. This is the fifth covenant between God and humanity, and is also the second theocratic one. It commences with the stipulation, Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Exodus 19 verse 5 This covenant was to Israel in order that those who believed God's promise to Abraham could know how to live righteously. And this Mosaic covenant covered three areas of life. There were commandments which were given so that people would know how to correctly relate socially towards God. Exodus 20 verses 1 to 6 then there were judgments given in order that people could relate socially to each other properly. Exodus chapter 21 verses 1 to chapter 24 verse 11. And then thirdly, decrees dictated the religious life so that God could be approached by humanity on God's terms. Exodus 24 verse 12 to Exodus 31 verse 18. This Mosaic covenant, however, does not replace the Abrahamic covenant but is rather an addition to it according to Paul in Galatians 3:17 to 19 and it was only until the Messiah Christ came and made the perfect sacrifice
the covenants pointed towards this momentous event. The Mosaic covenant was never meant as a means towards salvation. It was given that they could realize their hopelessness of their own efforts and their need of God's help. Galatians 3.22-24 explains that the law was only ever meant to be a protective fence until the coming of the promised Messiah and humanity could only be made right with God through faith. So that's the Mosaic Covenant. And then we have the Davidic Covenant, 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 4 to 17. And this covenant is the sixth covenant and the third theocratic one. And in this covenant three things are promised. There will be a land forever, 2 Samuel 7, verse 10. There will be a dynasty without end, 2 Samuel 7, verses 11 and 16. And there will be a perpetual kingdom, 2 Samuel 7, verse 13 and 16. And 2 Samuel 7, verse 12, predicts the birth of Solomon as David's successor to the throne, with his role being to establish David's throne forever, 2 Samuel 7, 13. And we see through this a link to Jesus Christ, through the genealogies to both Joseph, giving Jesus a legal right to David's throne, Matthew 1, 1-17, and also to Mary, giving Jesus a blood right to David's throne, Luke 3, verse 23-38. And speaking of Jesus, now we speak of the new covenant, given in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31-34. to And this covenant is the seventh and final covenant between God and humanity, and the fourth theocratic covenant. And there are four particular features of this covenant. First, there is regeneration. On the hearts of people, God will write his law. No longer will it be on tablets of stone. Jeremiah 31, 33. Then there is restoration. God will be their God, and they will be God's people. Jeremiah 31, 33. Foretells the, the promised Holy Spirit. God will indwell people and they will be led by him. Jeremiah 31 verse 34 And then finally justification. Sins and disobedience will be forgiven and removed eternally. Jeremiah 31 verse 34 And this new covenant is sealed only through the perfect sacrifice of the God-man Jesus on the cross. His blood and his death ensures the truth of this new covenant. His death pays the penalty for the sins and disobedience of all people and of all time who say yes to God and his new covenant and believe in him. This new covenant is contrasted with the old covenant or the Mosaic covenant, Jeremiah 31, 32, Hebrews 8, verse 6 to 13, because this new covenant finalizes what the Mosaic covenant could only point to, that the follower of God, living in a righteous life, conforms to God's holy character. Through all these covenants, we see a God who is willing to interact with his creation and bless it. When first century Christians such as Paul, Peter and John checked all the events surrounding the life of Jesus, they searched their scriptures, our Old Testament. It was as the Holy Spirit illumined their minds that they wrote down and passed on the whole gamut of Old Testament promise which was fulfilled in God's promised Messiah and the world's hope 
Jesus Christ and him alone. That is why it is important for us also as 21st century Christian disciples to read our Old Testament as well as the New. For by reading the Old Testament, new light may be shed on our own understanding of the New Testament. For more to think about, please do read for yourself Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24 to Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. What does Jesus Christ's death and the new covenant mean to me as a Christian disciple? Question 2. Why and how can I as a Christian disciple, draw near to God? Question 3. As a Christian disciple, what and how can I encourage those I meet? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. Thank you, and God bless you.